podcast with your hosts Zuby and Leland. Broadcast from California, home to more than 4 million small businesses. But I think you need to describe what private label is, because if somebody's just jumping on here right now, are they going to understand, you know, what you're saying? So do you have like an example of one? Right. Well, private label is just basically you are creating a brand uh, for yourself. Um, so uh, uh, an easy example would be if um, you go and you see a coffee mug that's being that sells very well on Amazon, but um, it it's getting some bad reviews and people are complaining about uh, the coffee getting uh, not staying warm uh, in a, long enough. So you go and you find a manufacturer that can manufacture these coffee mugs and you redesign it somewhat to try to keep it warmer, to keep the coffee warmer. Mm-hmm. And then you go ahead and have the manufacturer manufacture it um, You know, after you've designed it. Uh, usually that's in China or somewhere overseas where the costs are less. Um, at least it was before the coronavirus issue, but we'll deal with that some other time. Mm. Um, and then you have that shipped over um, in bulk, and you order you know thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of that product um, um, to get the, the deep discounts you need. Um, then you have that shipped over. You create a brand for yourself. Um, and you s- slap on that brand and that label on the product and you ship it over to Amazon. And then it's up to you because it's a brand new product. It's up to you to then spend the money to market it, to do the pay-per-click advertising, to give, to do the giveaways, to get generate the reviews. Uh, because if your product is not showing on page one and realistically on the top third of the page one of a search engine, uh, of a search term, um, you're not going to get much sales, uh, 80%. Uh, over 80% of the sales on Amazon come from page one. Um, so mm-hmm. it is extremely important, but it costs a lot of money to launch a private label brand. Um, well, it's like building a company, right? I mean, yeah, short exactly. of actually creating something new, completely, you know, a new widget, um, you're maybe improving on something, but it's still the same model. You have to create the infrastructure. You got to figure out your marketing plan. You got to understand what your budget is. So, from a startup perspective, this is like what everybody thinks about, about owning your own company and starting something up. I need the idea. I need the capital. I need the people. I need the channels, all of that kind of stuff. So much greater risk, harder to do, more time invested, but can be, you know, highly profitable if you got the right product. Always boils it's, down to that, it's, right? It's, if only I had the right product. Not just the right product, though. You also have to really take the time and make the investment in learning that process because mm-hmm. just having the right product isn't going to be enough if you don't know how to market it, if you don't know how to package it, if you don't know how to, you know, who your target market is and how to reach that target market. Um, it's it's a, it's business 101 on, on the private label side is so much more important than it really is for the arbitrage model. You mm-hmm. don't need to have a major business background to succeed in the arbitrage model. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get to the branding, to, to the private label side, you need to understand all aspects of, of business. You need to understand you know, your financials in and out. You need to understand the, the, every last penny of cost that uh, you're spending on from, from production, from design, all the way through sales. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and 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 it it's it requires so much more time and money investment that unless you you really have that game changer and you're really uh, married to a to a product that you know is going to succeed and you have the funds and you have the desire and the passion and the drive to really go after it, it is not something that uh, we would highly recommend right off the bat. Uh, mo- there's there are more failures in private label than successes. However, mm-hmm. if you stick with it and you do succeed and you learn from those failures and you do succeed, your success could be very well. You know, it, it can it can set you up um, because now you can just that that'll be recurring reven- revenue until something goes wrong or hopefully nothing goes wrong and you just continue creating more and more products that are in line with the one that was successful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely um, it's one of the big business models right now on Amazon. A lot of people are doing it. A lot of uh, Chinese companies are, are doing it. Chinese individuals are doing it. Um, and uh, Amazon is really fighting to ensure that the product quality remains as high as their customers' expectations are, mm-hmm. uh, both with counterfeit issues and with just low-quality products. So a lot of, uh, a lot of these uh, Chinese companies that are popping up um, and selling something, and then once they run out, they disappear because Amazon's going to close them down because the rate of return is so high because the product that they are touting as something amazing breaks down in two weeks um, or right. in a month. So, right. Uh, so, all of these business models, though, um, really came to fruition and really started growing because of one specific thing that Amazon did that set it completely apart from every other company um, and uh, e-tailer out there. Um, and that's, that was their FBA program. Um, FBA stands for Fulfillment by Amazon. It was definitely a game changer. Uh, what they did was um, Amazon went around the country and just started and around the world actually now um, and opened up um, different facilities, uh, fulfillment facilities, large warehouses. Um, and uh, when they and and they did that because they knew that customers were expecting uh, two-day shipping, and you know the faster they can get the product to someone, the greater the chances of them coming back to the platform. Um, and then once they had these uh, warehouses, they said, well, why don't we uh, capitalize on them? So they then went out to their third-party sellers who were doing, there was a lot of, uh, you know, merchant fulfilled uh, where you would uh, get an order and then in your own warehouse or in your house, you would go ahead and fulfill it just like an eBay. Um, but they said, well, why don't you send us all your inventory? We will divide them up in between all of our different warehouses to ensure that we can get them to our customers on within two days. We will charge you some fees for them. We'll charge you a storage fee. We'll charge you a, a referral fee. We'll, we'll charge you the FBA fee. Um, but we'll handle all your customer service. You don't have to deal with any customer issues. We will take the payment. We will go ahead and handle all your shipping. We'll handle the returns. We'll handle uh, customer complaints, customer service, um, and every two weeks you'll get your, your you'll get paid for all your sales. It was a game changer. So uh, that program, it, we can spend hours on it and, and still not really uh, talk, you know, completely speak about everything that it does provide. Um, but it is it's going to be a big topic on one of our upcoming uh, podcasts. But it was definitely a game changer, and we would highly recommend anyone who wants to jump into this Amazon business, um, whether it's arbitrage or any of the other ones, uh, to utilize the FBA program. Yeah, I can't imagine 
dealing with, uh, especially if you're moving product the, the way I know you've been doing it and how we have too, from any warehouse trying to figure out um, the logistics of that. I, I, we've both been around those type of environments where there's a separate table or area and it's for packaging and are you using wrapping or the the peanuts right the styrofoam peanuts mm-hmm. and then you got to worry about printing things out and did that order go out let alone then the returns because that's just part of this industry right and we've all been on the receiving side of something it's not right maybe i don't want it maybe it's broken and you return it in in your own warehouse it becomes not that it's not impossible but it's a lot of work and i know for me dealing now with the FBA program, totally worth the costs. And once you factor that into the business model, it's an, it's an absolute no-brainer. And, and you know, for, for us and, and my personal business, um, you know, we have a warehouse and we can uh, do some of that, but we have chosen to be 99.8% FBA um, up until now. Uh, with the coronavirus hitting, uh, Amazon became restrictive on what kind of products you can ship into the FBA program right now because they want to concentrate on uh, specifically on the essential items that uh, people need: uh, groceries, uh, you know, pet supplies, uh, healthcare supplies, etc. There are six mm-hmm. categories that they said they can ship them in. So we've been doing, and even on those categories, because. There's, there's such high demand. Uh, they were inundated with so much, uh, so many orders that uh, getting a shipment out to an FBA warehouse, it would take weeks before that product was actually ready to be sold uh, or shipped to the customer. So we have changed uh, and shifted for the last two weeks to do a lot of merchant fulfilled uh, orders here in the warehouse. Um, and it, it is, it's, I, I can honestly tell you, it is not sustainable. Uh, we're doing it right now because we have to, right? You have to be nimble. Well, that's why the kids are home. You need those extra set of hands, right? So Absolutely. they're out of school. Yeah. Now they can come get to work. Except, except that my wife will not allow them out of the house right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we, you know, we won't get to that. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that she lets me leave the house um, and come to the office. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, luckily um, – we have we have set up some really good um, uh, safety uh, precautions, and I have uh, a team of uh, workers coming in and and helping me, you know, fulfill those orders. But it's it's it is there's no way you could really realistically scale a business uh, on Amazon with if you're fulfilling your own orders to customers. Um, it is such a time-consuming, uh, labor-intensive, and issue that. If you do it and you don't have, uh, you know, a huge warehouse and a, a large team of um, uh, employees with uh, your all, all your, you know, T's crossed and I's dotted, you're gonna you're gonna mess up very quickly, um, and well, there's no way you could scale. I look at it as being if you're an established business and you have that warehouse, you're already doing. Maybe you're manufacturing or you're getting your manufacturing done offshore and you bring it in and you already have established channels. You're in a brick and mortar, you know, over at, you know, the local pet supply company or store, I mean, and maybe you're already done a few, you know, dabbles with your own online e-commerce thing. If you're appending, like if you're adding to the process and your Amazon just becomes one of those channels, maybe, right? It, it's mm-hmm. feasible to do it, quote unquote, on your own. I would even suggest doing it FBA just so you get a drag race, right? You can compare 
between established channels of the distribution uh, versus what you're doing in-house. But I, I'm with you. If you want to scale, too, if you want to be able to grow or deal with the ups and downs, um, you know, I was surprised to find out, right, that you, there's storage fees, right? You put your, you send your products in. Might, they're yours or somebody else's, whoever you put them in. They're charging you based on the size and the weight, which makes sense, but it's variable. It's not like you have to buy a certain size container. I mean, I, we've talked many times. How many times are you either bursting at the seams or I call you and you're empty, right? Yep. So when you're empty, you're still paying the same amount and you're bursting at the seams, your garage is full. Now the bedroom or the living room is full. So you just got to contend with it. But if you want to scale or, you know, be somewhat downside protected, if things begin to slow down, uh, FBA just makes sense. And and it goes way beyond that. You know, we're just talking about the the, the fulfillment side of it. But um, Amazon's algorithm um, is so uh, weighted towards FBA sellers. Um, there's a thing called the buy box, which we'll get into uh, in later podcasts. But eighty over eighty percent of the sales uh, on a product listing page comes from whoever has the buy box, or it goes to the buy box winner. And it's, the buy box is that little box on the right side of your website when you're on a product page that says one click or buy here buttons on there. That is whoever has that box is going to get 80% of the sales. So, and, and if you are a non-FBA seller and your price is even you know 10% lower than the FBA seller, the FBA seller gets the buy box because Amazon knows that they can ship a date they trust themselves to ship it to the customer within two days. They know what product, they know that they have the product in the stock, and they know that the customer is going to get a much better experience by them fulfilling it. So, plus they get they get more of a fee from it. So, it's, uh, and, and that's just, you know, the second one of, of 500 different reasons why FBA <laughs> is better. Well, the algorithm, right? You have it all figured out. That's, that's like in... Uh... Episode 10, you're going to break down the algorithm for everybody on how to get the buy box 100% of the time, right? Uh, absolutely, yes. Good. The algorithm is the easiest thing about Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Amazon knows what their algorithm does. I think, so I, think, I think it's variable, and I think every day there's some random, random lever somebody pulls to say, okay, today it's going to be this factor. Yep. Just moving it around. But it's, yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, just a little anecdotal thing. Uh, one of the products we sell... Um, on Amazon, um, our our price on it was uh, 34.99 uh, on the product, and there was probably another 15 uh, sellers. Um, with the the highest one was 54.99 for the exact same price, mm -hmm. but somehow, and, and we were all FBA, but somehow, the 54.99 had the buy box for three days straight. I, I'm calling Amazon trying to figure out what is going on. Why is it? And, and the only responses I'm getting is uh, the algorithm is yeah. the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody I, you can write it. Nobody to. could tell you why, you know, somebody that's, you know, almost 60% uh, higher mm -hmm. is continuously getting the, the, the buy box. Uh, I did figure I it out. Uh, sorry. Thing. I think it's also important to bear. You can't buy the buy box either. It's not like, you know, you think back to like, it, it, this is sort of the Google AdWords, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to try to dominate a word and some of the bigger players were able to put more funds towards that word so they would always end up on the first page, the first returns. From my understanding, it, there's no such thing at Amazon. There, You can't buy your way into the buy box. No, the only way you can buy your way into the buy box is being FBA and having the lowest price. 
If you are FBA and you have a good seller rating, meaning over 90% positive reviews, and you are the lowest price, um, then you will get the buy box. And if you don't want the buy box to be rotating between you and some other uh, FBA sellers, uh, then you have to be more than 5% lower in general. Again, nothing is right. her algorithm, but in, uh, that's been sort of a rule of thumb that, um, you know, the lowest price, good reviews, um, and if you have, if you're 10% or 15% below the next seller, you will you will stay on that buy box um, until your inventory runs out. So, um, and, and again, to be, to be cute, you can beat the algorithm, which is to be the only seller of that product, which we do have a client yes. that way. That is one way to do it. But and, um, yeah, I think it's exciting. I mean, it lets you know that you could jump in. Again, it's all kind of gravitating towards the path of least resistance in my mind, which is the, the first one you described, the first model of the arbitrage. It's, it's a known brand probably. It's something that's already out there, and you're competing with all of them, with everybody, anybody. So if there's 20 people, you're competing with them. If there's five, if there's three, but you still have a chance. It's doing all the things correctly that any smart business person or would you know do, which is you know buy low, sell high, treat your clients right, all the all the one on one stuff. Absolutely, yeah. um, and and there's there's a plethora of tools and and uh, tricks that you can you can use to really um, you know help you succeed on Amazon. Um, one of them that we offer is our, our uh, profitable leads list um, where we have uh, our own algorithm that goes through and, and finds profitable products from different retailers' websites um, on a regular basis. And on a subscription basis, you can receive uh, five different profitable pro products on a daily basis. So you don't have to go out there and you know look to see, go through hundreds or thousands of products to see which one is going to be a profitable product. Uh, you can just, you know, we'll send you five. You do, you spend, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes just double-checking it to make sure it fits your business model, um, ordering it, and either it comes to your house or your place of work, and you can get it uh, prepped and packed and shipped over to Amazon's uh, warehouses for FBA sale, or you can have them directly shipped to our warehouse, and uh, we will do the prepping and the packing um, and managing your account for you. So that way... You don't have to touch the product. You don't have to see the product. Um, everything happens uh, virtually for you. Um, and, you know, you can spend five hours a week on your business and really have a successful uh, growing business uh, that's generating you both sales and income. Yeah, not to interrupt your commercial for ProAsins, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good transition. Um, I, I remember a few years ago now talking to you when you were starting this and I asked you for one of your examples and I might botch this story up and you can always take it over or tell me I'm wrong, but you and uh, some of your family, you guys would go out to different locations. You might be at um, 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 Target, Walmart, and you may see a bin of something. It's, you know, today only it's a sale and you would take your phone which had an app on it and you would scan and you'd see the price on Amazon and you could figure out oh do I need to buy this whole bin so then you buy the whole bin you know it's some type of candy or a dog treat or you know jump drives and then you load your car up with them and you might be bouncing from place to place to place to find these and then you go home and now you're packaging it up to send off to the you know to the FBA process or doing it like you have 
been doing it in the past at the warehouse. So that I assume that's still available, but that's, you know, gold mining literally with your hands and your feet versus what I've seen us doing with the FBA is these links that we send out, you can click the link uh, for the, uh, the source for, you know, who you can buy this from and order it basically. And then you're telling where to order it to. So that's the warehouse to you to however you want to go through that process. And we can talk about pros and cons of that another day, but it's, kind of a virtual process where in essence you don't even need to lift anything or get your hands dirty so both ways are available but um sort of how we've built this is you don't really need to touch anything you put your dollars to work and i mean if you want to if you want to store it in your garage you certainly can do that um you can ship it off to a warehouse like what we're doing or I, I, I'm not sure, I don't know if you can send it directly if in, into an FBA or it needs a hub first, you, know, you can answer that. But uh, there's no driving around in the car and scanning products if you don't want to, right? Absolutely. And you just, you just described the two different prongs that the arbitrage model has, mm. uh, the re, you know, retail arbitrage uh, versus online arbitrage. Um, I remember when, I mean, that, you know this my story, but uh, and I'll, I'm sure I'll share my story uh, in upcoming podcasts. But um, I got into this business because of my wife. She's the one that uh, jumped into it and wanted to do it as sort of something that uh, as a side hustle for herself. Um, and uh, once I saw how uh, how much opportunity there was uh, in this, I sold my other businesses and and I jumped into this. Uh, you know, feet first, deep end. But uh, so I remember, can we just recap that? Did you just give credit to your wife? She deserves all the credit for this, hands right. down. This is recorded, I, I will, too, I'll, you know. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure she will listen to this one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to replay it for you a couple of times, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. This will be her ringtone for my, for my phone <laughs> number. Um, but I remember I, um, I found uh, at Roth's, um, I found, no, sorry, at Kohl's, I found these... Uh, Mr. Potato Head dolls. Uh, they were selling them for twenty four ninety nine um, at Kohl's, and they were selling for sixty five ninety nine um, on Amazon. Uh, it was like close to a hundred percent return, uh, seventy eighty percent return, I think it was. But they only had each Kohl's had you know four to eight of them um, in stock. I I jumped in, the, in, in an SUV one weekend on a Saturday. Um, I planned out my route. Um, I, we live in Orange County, uh, California. And uh, I, that whole day, I planned out a route from Orange County um, inland all the way for about 80 miles, um, then f back north uh, for another 50 miles, and then came back uh, west for another 80 miles, and then south back home for another 50 miles, hitting every single coals that was within that uh, area. And I went to them specifically just for this one toy. Um, and I would, every single one I would walk into, I would first go to their toy section, pick up all of them that they had there, then I'd go find a manager and I'd ask him, hey, do you have any more of these in the back? And if they did, I would sit there until they would bring them back and then I would go back in the car, toss them in there and then drive to the next one. Um, it was it was a full day. Um, I, I think I found maybe seventy of them, sixty or seventy of them. Um, 
but you know we were just starting out and and to find a high a high priced product that was giving that kind of a return on retail arbitrage was so amazing to me that I was like I have to do this this is this is how you learn this is what you do and you couldn't order that online online they had a two limit and you couldn't order it online um so Yes, there is a lot of opportunities if you're willing to do the legwork for it with retail arbitrage, um, but it's a lot of time. You're, my wife started off by going to Ross and to TJ Maxx and shelf by shelf, picking up a product, scanning it, and is it, okay, it's not profitable. Next product, scan it. Next product, scan it. Each store, she was staying there for two, three hours just to do four aisles, um, and there's no way you can really scale that type of a business model. Um, the online side, however, it is very easy to scale. Um, I mean, you know, our, our sales have, have gone through the roof since mm -hmm. we switched over to 100% online arbitrage. And, and before, uh, you, before you make that transition, just a pitch, because I, I think the retail still has um, value. There's opportunities to it. Absolutely. But as I started to, you know, uh, put my toes into this uh, pool, and I'll thank your wife later for uh, <laughs> making sure you you started to do it. But um, there's times where I'm standing somewhere with with my wife, and I may not necessarily be super engaged, and uh, with with wherever retail shop we're hanging out at, and um, while she's shopping, and I'm hanging out looking at stuff the ceiling but then i'll pull out my phone and i'll start scanning just to see right because there's sales everywhere so you want to say well what is it what is it going for at amazon so just to kind of put that seed out there like it's still available and i know if you want to go gangbusters i mean you and 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 your wife certainly did that like it became the machine right you're going to look at everything you're going to find the gold nuggets but if you're doing this as a side hustle, um, you know, think about how many times you're standing somewhere where you are able to be in a store. Uh, um, you know, this is post-COVID, of course, but you could take that time to um, scan and see what's there. And then if it's worth grabbing, then, then grab it. And um, I'll, I'll let you segue into um, the online, but there's no reason to do it any, you, you don't have to pick away, right? You can do both. And whatever you're comfortable with, as far as uh, how you purchase it, you can you can do it. You know, either way. I, I didn't mean to jump on you talking about the online, but just that thought of you know, um, you know, I, I'm still out there looking at stuff and trying to pick it up. And you know, we have uh, those uh, journals, right? That it's mm -hmm. great. You can only really get them from being at those places and. We just make a normal, it's part of our routine. We, we yep. go to that, there's a grocery store across the way, and when we go there, we always look at each other and we say, should we pop across the street? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's, that's the great thing about Amazon. It, and, it's, you know, we talk about retail and online arbitrage, which are the two big models, but mm -hmm. um, and within retail arbitrage, there are so many different f factors or so many different areas that you can concentrate on. People are making a decent amount of money uh, going to garage sales and buying stuff and selling them as used um, on mm. Amazon. Um, people are buying books uh, from college students and whatnot and selling them as used on on uh, on Amazon. So there is, if if you have a taste or if you have a desire to get into the Amazon marketplace, there is something there for you. Um, you can figure it out because. Um, you can sell used products, you can use, sell collectibles, you can sell new products, you can sell, uh, there's so many different ways you can make money on this, on this platform. 
um, it, it just it requires you know time and dedication. Um, what we have done uh, with the with the online arbitrage side is we have tried to get, take um, the stress and the work, the legwork of it away from our clients. Uh, so we do the work for you. Uh, you don't have to do it. You don't have to go to store by store, but absolutely you can go. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know if you do that, you're going to learn more about the business. You won't be able to scale it unless you switch over to online and and or wholesale or or a different business model, uh, because unless you have you know a team of fifty different people driving to fifty different places on a daily basis, um, but it is it is definitely uh, out there and 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 you can you can make a, a decent amount of money if you want to put the time and effort into it. Um, well, just to just to cap on that thought, and actually there's a little blog post that I put together and it, it, it talks to this point, right? So if you want to do something, you know, entrepreneurial on your own, small business, however you want to frame it, um, look to see where you have like the edge and in, uh, and that can be knowledge. It can be resources, you know, it can be a relative that's in that business that knows it. However, however you structure it. And you really made me think about it because I had forgotten those other areas in retail, we've been doing very well at finding, you know, these products that are sustainable. You can keep recurring, you know, get them again and again. And um, uh, from the retail store to, to Amazon and that Delta stays pretty healthy the whole time. But the used market, I mean, how many, you know, if that's something that you know, there may be things that you like the college books. I don't know if I ever shared with you back in 2001, 2002, started an online um, like in the vein of eBay trying to sell college used books. And that's because at the time my partner and I were dealing with being in college and what do we do with all these books? And we thought, why don't we, you know, eBay's got this model. Why don't we try doing it? I mean, it was atrocious because we had no idea what we were doing. We couldn't get out of our own way. But at that moment we were expert experts at college used books, right? So it's the challenge I put to people who are talking to me about my consulting, like how do I get into my own thing it's challenge yourself what do you know what are you comfortable with what do you really like and um, sorry that was just an aside but you are talking about the used market I forgot that's a very big portion of what's happening on uh, on Amazon right now it's it's huge and and again to your point it, it ha- you know don't don't ever think that you that there's something that you might have that is not right for Amazon I mean mm-hmm. I don't you, I'm, I'm sure you remember when you and I first started talking about launching something on Amazon together and, and partnering up. You know, we went from plastic bags to tiles from China to, <laughs> you know, I mean, we, we looked at everything that we could think of. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, you have a contact in, in Shenzhen that does this. All right, well, let's see if that's viable. Hey, you know something about this? Hey, we might need these things. Let's, all right, let's see if we can figure it out. There, there is no harm in looking at things. And if you mm-hmm. get lucky and you find something, that's amazing, right? Because well, I Amazon tell you, we've, will allow we've it. Hit, we've hit some home runs with stuff, and we've had some dogs, too. But I got to tell you. And we've learned a lot from those dogs, right? Well, the dogs didn't hurt. It's not like we bought pallets and pallets of something, and now we're stuck with it, um, especially with the, you know, it sounds like an advertisement for the FBA. But the FBA kind of protects you to a certain point because you know what's happening with that inventory. You can see what your competition is doing and what they're selling at. So you're educated going into it, and unless something changes drastically, you know, and we've that might be a whole podcast in itself is talking about those products that suddenly there's an environmental issue or there's a health issue on it, 
and they kind of get frozen. So now you've, you're out, right? You, you, maybe they ship it back to you. Maybe they hold on to it for a year. But most of the time with our dogs, it's turned out okay. And yeah, the lesson is the value of it. And maybe, you know, it was a nickel off of each one and it was limited to a couple hundred or 50 or whatever. But it, it was never this big investment, you know, getting a manufacturer to, you know, make a million cups. Like going back to your coffee cup example from earlier, what do you do with a million coffee cups? You write it off, you break them, you shoot whatever. But if yeah. you've missed, you've missed. And I think FBA kind of pr protects you in, in um, making those, you know, taking a risk, putting something out there and then seeing what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I think Amazon is, um, you know, being so seller friendly. Um, and mm -hmm. I don't, I, I, I hope I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, in the minority of sellers who, who really feels this way because a lot of the online, online forums and, and groups and whatnot that I'm part of, I, I, you get, you hear, and you read so many negative comments from Amazon sellers, people who are making a good living off of Amazon, uh, putting down Amazon as not being seller friendly. As you know, mm. uh, well, why are you know somebody returned something three months later, and I can't believe I have to take it? Well, you know, just really, what they don't understand is it, Amazon's return policy is the reason, is one of the main reasons why customers are coming there and purchasing from them, getting those few returns is the reason why their sales are so high on all the other items. So uh, it's very, it, it's key to keep in mind that if you're going to jump into the pool of Amazon, if you're going to start having a store on the Amazon marketplaces, um, and when I say places, it's not, we start with .com, but uh, you know, you can launch all over the world. Um, Amazon has made it very easy for established sellers to start selling in China and Japan and uh, Saudi Arabia and United Arab Emirates and Germany and England. Um, all over the world you can sell your products from here, from, you, from the comfort of your home. Um, and you can generate revenue continuously, 24 hours a day, whether you're at work, you're awake, you're asleep, it doesn't matter. It is, it's the only way uh, it's the wave of the future and the only way for you to really generate the kind of income that you need or that, that you will need, especially going forward. Um, and, and to keep that positive mindset really will help you grow your business. Uh, there's going to be the fall, you know, there, there's going to be times when you're going to fall down. There's going to be times when you're going to have dogs. There's going to be times when you're going to have to take a loss on a product. Uh, but those are learning opportunities. Um, and that's part of doing business. You, you cannot expect to jump into a, a new business or even an established business and not have losses and not make mistakes. Um, but if you look at it from a positive perspective, it is going to set you up for huge amount of success. Um, and, you know, to end it, to end this podcast, I want to just make sure we all are on the same page that this is a huge opportunity for everyone. And, and you and I are perfect proof of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know anything about the Amazon business model other than, hey, I want to order from them and I keep on getting these shipments coming to my door um, every day. But now I, we, we've, I've surpassed every single quarterly and annual numbers that I've projected for myself. And, and it's mainly because you have to put in the hard work, but you have to look at it from a positive perspective. You cannot concentrate on this one aspect of Amazon, of your Amazon business that maybe did not do as well as you expected it to. You have to look at it from a positive perspective, 
on an overall basis, long-term perspective, um, and it will it will change your life if you allow it to. I think there's a mindset to this, I, I, and you you posed the question. I'm on the same page as you. I I, I um I think it's bigger than just looking at the positive of what Amazon is. If you're if you're going to do small business or try to do your own thing. Um, you're your own boss, right? And that's that's the big draw, right? I want to be my own boss. I want to set my own hours. I want to do my own thing. And you and I have talked about this over the years. Some days that means you're the one who has to, you know, get the plunger. Other times it means you're the one who walks into the business meeting, maybe with the manager at the retail shop or some other deal. And it's everything else in between. You're you're doing the books and all of that. And we can talk later about how you can set yourself up to mitigate the amount of time, right? Because it's all about time management. But if if you're not ready for some of those bumps where one day is a hard day and the next day is, you know, really, really high, um, like a roller coaster, then, you know, uh, having a side hustle or switching how you look at what it is to be employed, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because this is this is how it works and i think what got me excited about this is i like to think you know because of my education i understand the b the business but um this is they've set something up that's pretty significant for you to bring product shovel it in the top literally and you should like we talked about learn from it or profit from it and where you're not profiting, that's the learning opportunity. And as long as you have, it, you said it perfectly, that positive mental attitude about it, um, you just keep chugging along and you're in control. Absolutely. And I think with that, I want to thank everybody for listening in. Um, and uh, we will uh, we'll be back with some, uh, some more in-depth uh, analysis of each one of the topics we talked about today. Uh, in future podcasts. Sounds great. Thanks, Zuby. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank you for listening to FBA Profits. Visit our website, www.fbaprofits.us, 